Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Before that, though, musicians and stage crew working in Dublin city centre say they're worried that violence in the city will now impact the nightlife scene. And it comes after a, a man, of course, was attacked, a US tourist um, just last month, also a man in his 30s as well on Sunday morning. And Rebecca Cappuccini's from the Spokesperson for the Music and Entertainment Association of Ireland. Rebecca, are musicians and those involved um, with gigs and, and the back end of it, are they worried now about being out late due to violence? Well, we've been reporting the issue of unsafety in Dublin City, especially in Temple Bar, for quite some time. And we've been trying to speak to the people involved. So we've had a meeting with the Lord Mayor about it. We've also raised the issue and concerns while having a meeting about nightlife in Dublin. So it's an issue that's very close to our heart and we've been working on for quite some time. But yes, there has been a raise in people getting in touch with us with worry. Obviously, musicians carry a lot of very expensive equipment with them, which they're worrying might get stolen. There's been a good few tests already of musicians' equipment, which is their livelihood, effectively. Mm. And then people like buskers, they might not be able to busk as late as they would if they didn't feel so unsafe. So it affects musicians that are actually booked into venues, but it also affects like buskers. And then I would imagine if musicians feel unsafe, then punters and people going to gigs probably feel unsafe. So it probably has an impact on the turnout for gigs, I'd so, imagine. Yeah, so so in the first instance, you've, you've had reports of a number of um, thefts, musicians who've had their actual equipment stolen. Of course, and musicians who just genuinely feel unsafe in the conditions that are currently in place. How do we change that, Rebecca? Or can you? Well, I mean, one of the main reasons I'd say would be guard visibility. If there was more guards patrolling the area, making people feel safe, there'd be less gang activity and antisocial behaviour. And I know that the Justice Minister, if she was here, she'd say now, uh, you know, additional funding has been allocated to the guard, the four guard, the resources. Um, will that improve things? Be- well, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a step in the right direction, Andrea. Ultimately, all we can really do is focus on the people who've been coming to us with the issue and try and pact change to get a better situation for all musicians impacted by the unsafety of Dublin city centre. Does this go on in other countries, Rebecca? Like, if we I were don't to... really work that often in other countries, Andrea. So, I mean... I have had no reports of anything else in other countries, so I couldn't comment on that. But it's obviously, it's got worse in Dublin that that musicians are now coming to yourself and the, you know, and the association and reporting this. There's been a change then in the situation here. From what I can tell, this is an issue that's been going on for a long time and hasn't been looked at rightfully. So it's not necessarily that it's getting worse, it's that it's continuing. Mick is with us as well, Rebecca. Mick is also on the line. You're a busker, Mick. Um, what have you experienced? Yeah, yeah it, hi. How is How are you? But, yeah, on 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 a day to day basis, it's getting it's getting worse. I noticed. Look, I've been busking Henry Street for 14 years, and I've noticed a dramatic, dramatic instance in snatching grabs, or they come up and they'll punch you and take your money as you're busking. Mick. It happened to me last week. You know, somebody graciously put a 50 euro note into my case, which rarely happens. Mm. But within 10 seconds, 
for want of a better word, a crackhead jumps up off the ground and runs, grabs it and runs off. But to make things worse, he put it in his mouth when I tried to take it back off. You know, and then he's, he's threatening me with this or this will happen. Same happened, you know, you walk through Temple Bar after nine o'clock. I do a gig on a Friday and I finish at 10. I'd normally float through Temple Bar to see who else was playing around. I stopped doing that because of the young lads hanging around in Meeting House Square and Temple Bar and everything. It's just, it's scary. It and is very scary. Is the, 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 the first, um, you know, incident that you mentioned there, Mick, with somebody coming up and, and taking 50 quid and, and running off, like you were obviously mid-performing at that stage, I was halfway you? through a song. There was I had about 30 people standing in front of me. And I, 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 I halfway through a song and I just left because 50 euro to a busker is like, ah, yes. You know, that, 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 that is something that we, yeah. we, we don't get a lot. You know what I mean? So it's so a you, quite a nice tip. Did you run after the the person? Oh, I, I did. I ran after him. I caught him down the road a bit at Arnott and he, he, he literally crumpled it up, put it in his mouth. You know, and then stack up. I have a knife. I'll cut you. You know, so I kind of just watched. Look, you're not even war. I'm not even going to put myself in that no. position. I stopped busking. I, I used to do 11 to 1 in the morning and then I'd have a break and I'd do maybe about 6 o'clock in the evening. I stopped doing that. Because of the way things are, the the for, it's the night creatures. You, you get me? Mm. It's the, the it's very. They're not. There's no. And even with the guard, with guard of presence, like if there's two guards walking along, there's five young lads beating someone up. Those two guards are now matched for five young lads. You know what I mean? I can understand their their hesitance in, in, in intervening with large groups and stuff. It is scary. Like, guards aren't super people. They're not invincible. They have fear as well. Do you get mm. me? So, has, has this... has it, it's, it's got worse, Mick, in your experience? Uh, worse. It gets worse all the time. I've, I've, I get messages from buskers, you know, that they, they were robbed or their guitar was snatched or, you know, there's a busker in, in, in Belfast, John Garrity, his complete and utter trolley, his equipment, two and a half thousand euros worth of equipment was stolen. As he was standing there speaking to somebody, somebody just wheeled it off. It took him five days to get it back. You know, um, it just it happens. There's, there's so many opportunists, especially the ones you could be walking along with your phone in your hand and walk up, punch it in your punch it straight in the face and take the phone off it. Do you know what? I just, just literally as you said that, we got, I got a text in from somebody who says, I was walking home from town in Dublin half past, half seven in the evening on Monday and I had my, sto- my phone stolen from me. A young lad in a bike cycled past, snatched it out of my hand. And they see these scooters. The scooters are worse. Somebody had, a, had an ATM machine is that, and there's a scooter hovering around. That scooter that goes really, really fast is going to run up, bump them people, snatch that money out of their hand and it's gone. Like, it's a very hard, it's a horrible thing mm-hmm. for, for for Ireland, for, for other countries to be warning their people coming. You know, just be careful when you're in Dublin, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit mad. But, uh, Whereas before it was come to Dublin, we, we love everybody, you know, come, yeah. nobody had Cade any fear. It was all Cade Mila Falta, yeah. You know, and it, it is, it, it's, it's scary. Look, I felt sorry for that man that happened, but that got beaten up on, on, on Talbot Street. Like his family, his sons, they're all musicians. They had to get money together to uh, to try and come mm-hmm. on and be with their dad. Like, whereas his dad, their dad was over here just enjoying himself. Do you, Mick, like, is there, you know, h- what time would you finish up now, Busking? I finish at one. I, I finish at one o'clock. 
1 a.m. I don't come back. No, or 1 p.m. 1 p.m., 1 p.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't come back. Afternoon. I, I, I don't come back in. Unless I have a gig in a pub. Um, unless, like I do a gig in, in a pub on, on, on Dame Street, Paddock Harney's on a Friday. Um, I start at 8, I finish at 10. But when I finish, there's a taxi sitting right outside that door. Yeah. Is there the possibility... I won't even walk. I won't even walk around town anymore at late at night. Is there, the, is there the possibility, Mick, um, that we could, not to be overly dramatic now about it, but like just busking will finish up in the early afternoon or early evening? It, yeah, it will. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come to the stage that everything will finish up in the early afternoon. Once the shops close, city centre will become a no-go. Though. Because the, young, the, young, the younger crowd, the ones that are causing all this, they've no respect. It's a generation of no respect for any authority whatsoever, regardless of what situation, what the consequences are. They'll still do it. Rebecca, what does the future hold for the music and entertainment industry? If we, you know, from listening to Mick there, from the busking scene, but if musicians and stage crew working, you know, in the city centre, and I totally understand why they're concerned um, about about violence in the city centre, but is it the possibility that this could it'll have a serious knock on effect At for the, the industry? We're trying to reinvigorate the nightlife in Ireland, and we're trying to extend pub hours, and we're trying to do so many things that would actually bring music and culture to the next level. But unless an issue like this is actually looked at correctly and impactfully changed or altered, of course it's going to have an impact. Like. Mick just said he doesn't even feel safe busking the usual hours he used to busk. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge part of his livelihood. People coming in and out of venues, who's going to feel safe to go to a, a late-night show in Dublin City if there are issues like the attacks or the thefts or the robberies? Not only does this affect singers, songwriters and other artists, but it affects people actually coming to support the art that's being created and showcased. 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to join us here in the programme. Breen is on the line as well. Um, Breen, you're in Dublin. You're, you're a retired guard, is that right? Yes, hi Andrea. How yeah, are you? I, I'm a retired guard. Um, I, before I even joined the guard, I would have worked in Dublin City. My dad had a shop in Parliament Street and I worked there on Saturdays and in summer holidays and and then um, after college, I was in there. So I had a lot of time in around the city, and he would send us out on errands to out as far as Dorset Street and O'Connell Street and all around the city centre. Mm. And then I joined the guards. I, I spent um, a month in a store street. Uh, this would have been in the 80s, and then Rat Mines. I spent a lot of time in Dublin socialising, and I, I, yeah. I would... Um, Go into town when I was young, free and single. I, I'd be in there every single week. And when I got older and married and had my responsibilities, I was lucky enough that I might get in once or twice a month to meet some friends. Mm. And this um, this happened right up to COVID. And since COVID, I'd say we've been into town twice. So you've Nobody a good. Wants to go back in. You've a good sense, you know, from a personal and, and professional um, background of of what the city centre is like. I mean, how 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 do you view it in terms of how much it's deteriorated? And from listening to Rebecca and Mick there as well. Well, I'll give you an example. I I, I was asked to go into town one night to pick up um, some equipment, some some scuba diving equipment. I was going to um, Dusseldorf the next day, and I, a guy wanted me to drop it out to a. Um, 
a, a, an exhibition out there. So I was meeting a bus coming down from Donegal, uh, and it was to, to meet outside Cassidy's Hotel there at the top of um, O'Connell Street, mm. um, beside the Parnell Monument. So I got off the, the Lewis, and I started walking up the road, and I could not wait to get out of there. This was it would have been about nine o'clock at night, and as I said, I'm well able to look after myself. I've, I'm still reasonably fit. Um, I, 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 I watch out for things, but I felt very, very uncomfortable there. Um, I, I didn't see any uniformed guards anywhere. I had to. I walked down Parnell, Parnell Street to get the Lewis back, and people, young lads were watching me. I felt that they were just waiting for an opportunity. Um, I, I just I just did not feel right. It, it wasn't my city anymore. And I love Dublin City. I really do. But I just felt, oh my God, I, I, I don't have my finger on the pulse here. I'm, I'm vulnerable. And I could not wait to get back onto that Lewis and back out of the city. And if that's a, a retired guard feeling that, mm-hmm. what's it like for people um, who, who just want to come in and socialise? And, and I don't socialise in the city that much anymore because the lads that I, I, I go to, to meet don't want to go in. And, and, and that, that's wouldn't... We, we, we don't go near Temple Bar anymore. Mm. Um, my dad would have drank in Temple Bar um, before it was Temple Bar. And uh, we, we, we just don't go there. You, you, you just... You avoid it. And it, it must be terrible for people who live there, people who work there, for for uh, retailers, for for um, business yeah. uh, people. And we've talked just, to so many of them in, in recent you know, weeks on the program about the the impact of all of this. I mean, in, in the wake of the the number of high profile assaults, Breen, that have happened in Dublin in recent weeks, and the government announcing this, you know, ten million euro funding package to increase um, the visibility of Gardaí in Dublin. Like, will that will that help this? Will it solve it? Is the answer? You have, you have to have the numbers there. Uh, definitely, um, more guardy visible on the streets will will work. It, it has to work. But where do you get the guards? Uh, because um, the simple matter is, people are not going in to join the guards as a career because they don't see it as a career anymore. When, when I joined, I knew the day I joined that I was going to be there for, for the long haul and I was going to to retire on a pension, and it was a, a reasonably good pension. I knew that the my colleagues had my back. I knew that um, I would be protected by my colleagues. You were also, you had the respect of ordinary citizens. Nowadays, uh, young guards, if they get into a confrontation with, with somebody who, a wrongdoer, they don't get the backing from the, the public. What they get is a phone in their face and they become you know, almost, how am I the criminal? How am I the person doing wrong? Because I'm just trying to um, engage with somebody who has robbed somebody or I'm trying to um, confront a wrongdoer. How come Mm. they end up being the wrongdoer? And so people, young people don't want to go into a job that doesn't pay well, that doesn't look after you, that, that they... It's certainly, I have a, a nephew who's in the guard, and his partner, she's also a guard, and neither of them can afford a mortgage. Mm. So There's a whole host, I know, of of, of issues you know, involved with it. So why, um, 
just just the text in from a listener who says I was on the Lewis last week I felt so intimidated young, young lads jumping in the seats pushing each other shouting up and down the carriage I'm not going back into the city anytime soon this listener I was walking home from Abbey Street a couple of nights ago around 10pm I was terrified drunk high man and woman with a blazing they were having a blazing row in the street then started shouting at me uh, following me down the street shouting thankfully there was a pub nearby that I stopped into I ended up ordering a taxi for what is a 10 minute walk says this listener Rebecca, just on the point around the, the funding that has been announced and, you know, the greater numbers of Gardaí in the streets and visibility and all of that, do you think the music and entertainment industry um, has been thought of at all in this conversation and with government? Um, well, I mean, if there's going to be more visibility, obviously it will have an impact on our industry. Whether we've been considered or not is really not something I can answer because I haven't seen any of the conversations that took place in order to get the funding for the actual Gardaí appearance, you know. Um, It will obviously have a great effect, like was just discussed, because if they're visible, then less crime should in theory happen. So I would imagine that musicians would feel safer with the visibility of guards in and around. And I also understand the other things. It is true that it's a lot harder to be a guard nowadays than it was in the past. Mm. So it's it's quite a complicated topic, and I'm not sure it's going to be something that can be solved in one conversation. No, no, but it's it's an interesting, certainly an interesting um, angle to the discussion. I know we've talked about, you know, people not feeling safe in Dublin previously in the show. We've heard listeners' experiences. We've talked about how you make the city centre that little bit more safer. We've heard people talking about more Gardaí. Um, But certainly whether or not assaults and violence in Dublin risks our nighttime economy is a different conversation today. I'm interested in chatting to musicians about this. What's your experience? You heard Mick there talking about um, busking in Dublin and now changing his hours. 1800 453 106 is the number. This texter says there's not enough Gardaí in the streets in any town, full stop. When will the government actually address um, actually address the problem and make gar- joining the Gardaí more attractive? You wouldn't see this carry on in any other country. We're so slow to act. It's absolutely infuriating and worrying. Another listener points out I don't know if anybody noticed on the TV the coverage of the Galway races. The place is swarmed with Gardaí. No Gardaí in the streets, according to Lou in Galway. And another listener here says, Times Square, New York at 3am is as safe as 3pm. It's because of the zero tolerance stance taken by the NYPD in the late 80s and 90s. That's the difference. And that's what we need to achieve in Dublin. We're talking about musicians and um, stage crew working in Dublin now worried about their gear being safe, thefts, even buskers leaving earlier than they usually would. Just a feeling of um, being unsafe in the capital city. And we're asking what's the impact of all this? Like, will it risk our nighttime economy? 1800 453 106 is the number. Mick is with us on the line. Mick, why did you get in touch about this today? I, I suppose the, re- the reason I got in touch is not directly um, related to the buskers and, and their equipment, but I lived in town um, early 90s from 94 to about 2005, 2006, um, lived up beside Guinnesses, used to socialise in town like everybody else, headed to coppers at least once a week, um, would walk everywhere. And never once would you feel unsafe. Now, it's different for, I suppose it's also different for males, but never once felt unsafe. Um, always felt that there was a guard. You always seem to see guards on duty, um, you know, walking around and even walking home, as I said in the text, you'd kind of fall into step with somebody else and have the chat and walk home. 
But I was I hadn't been in town in a couple of years. I was in for a meeting um, on Parnell Square and walking down O'Connell Street. Now this was only half ten at night. There was just there was definitely an edge. There, were, there was just a feeling people were seen to be walking quicker and not making eye contact, and it just it, it was a completely different feeling. I suppose that that's the point that I wanted to make really. Just the whole air around it has changed. Yeah, it has. And I mean, I know the boardwalk in theory was a great idea, but it has proved to be an utter disaster. I mean, you what you see, you see the whole the whole broad spectrum of human behaviour on it, from people just sitting down, tourists there sitting down trying to enjoy it, to unfortunately people shooting up, dealing drugs. Um, and you know, it's like a lot of things. In theory, these things um, look great, but in practice, they they don't seem to work. And I was going back to the whole thing. Policing is a big issue. Mm. More police presence is 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 definitely what well, is needed. That'll, you know, that'll come now with the, the this funding that was announced. But I suppose, as Breen mentioned a little earlier, it's it's around getting people into the job. I suppose in the first instance, I see a text in from a listener here who says, "I was at a gig in Dublin um, just two weeks ago. I was coming out of the venue. There was a dodgy crowd hanging around, drunk. Came up to us begging, shouting, won't be going to another gig on my own.' Says this texter. Um, another listener as well has got in touch to say, "I've stopped." Stopped wearing headphones walking along the streets because I feel nervous being out on my own. I'm fit, healthy, 36-year-old woman. Shouldn't be like this, says this listener. Uh, Ronnie is on the line as well. Um, do you think with assaults and the high-profile high assaults and attacks that we've had in recent weeks, Ronnie, like, are, is there an impact and a risk to our nighttime economy? Absolutely. I, ha- I had a, a brother away. I won't give a second. I'm going to give me his first name, David, last weekend in Galway. And it wasn't mentioned on the radio because I'd say the Galway races were on that don't draw attention to the place. He went down for a game of golf with, his, with eight of them. He had a meal in a restaurant. He came out to take a photograph at the front of the restaurant. He said the restaurant was that good. And that's the last thing he remembers. And he's leaving James's hospital this morning after having a five-hour operation on his face. And guy knocked him out cold. The guard says he was unconscious before he hit the ground. Now, I'm, 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 I give no names or anything like that. I won't mm. do anything like that. But to have the guy that done this. Okay. It's been, rep- yeah, the, it's been, re- been reported. How is, but, how is your brother the on? Guard, the guards came on the scene. My brother, he's, uh, I haven't seen him yet. He's on his way home from James's now. His face is destroyed. His teeth are gone. His jaw is broken in five places. He's a plate put in his cheek. His cheekbone was shattered. This guy wasn't happy enough to knock him unconscious onto the ground. He, was, he had to jump on him. And the grace of God, two security men seen it. In Air Square, this was now. And they ran across and pushed a man off him. And the, when the guards came then, they were, Dave was unconscious, brought to hospital, and then he was shipped up to James's for an operation on his face. Now, I mean, what is going on? I mean, the guards were brilliant. The guard came back, got the CCTV coverage, and was able to tell us that there wasn't a mark on David's hands. He was unconscious, hitting the ground. Absolutely. It's 20 years of age, he's out on remand. Okay, well, hang on, I just, and I'll just, Ronnie, cut across, if you don't mind, for a moment, just purely because I know if it's um, if it's the guards are investigating that there might be issues around what we can just, you know, chat about in terms of that. But, but like, I'm sure for you and the family and your brother, it must be, it must be terrifying. Like everywhere. It's going on across the country. In Ireland. And there's no answer to it. Jail is not the answer to it, and they don't seem to bother with that. 
just absolutely it's absolutely it's it's just so it's so frightening to hear of instances but it's tough on the guards too what do they do I know and we'd bring with us there a few and it's a revolving door they're back out a week later do the same again I mean I don't know I wish your brother well Ronnie I hope he I hope he recovers I hope he recovers okay and I, I wish him well and we're, we're thinking of him and, and, and you and the family as well in it. Um, is Nicola on the line too? Have we got Nicola? I am indeed. Nicola, <laughs> what's your experience? Um, well, I'm very sorry to hear about Ronnie's brother there. That's just one of um, many incidents that's been happening uh, for quite a while now, you know, in Dublin city centre for sure. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I really, really feel there's been a shift um, in Dublin city centre, like since COVID, um, you know, I went into to town a couple of times during COVID when we were allowed, and I have to say that the state of it, it was, I, we didn't feel safe there at all, and like we had to, everybody had to drink outside, if you remember, and um, nobody was allowed inside the pub, um, because of the restrictions and everything. So ev- when everybody was standing outside, there was just more pickpockets and you know people getting started on all of that and I just think it's gotten like so much worse since then and like I'm a person born and bred in Dublin I would have worked and studied in town and I, I still work in town now but um, I, I wouldn't be going near near town to go out I, I live in Wicklow now but um, so obviously the journey is quite far anyway but um I, I love Dublin. I've always loved Dublin city centre and I'm just really, really disheartened and saddened by all the stories that I've been hearing uh, on, on the radio and myself witnessing, you know, uh, a lot of drug users, more and more of them uh, in town. It, it's just a different place now. You know, it's lost. we've lost our Irish culture, I feel. It's disappearing quite rapidly and I know um, a good friend of mine is a police man, he's a guard, and he himself said that he was scared to go out onto the yeah. streets in case he gets stabbed. And that's coming from the police. You know, like, what's happened? Like, we need to up the ante, we need to retrain the, the police, maybe get them safer uniforms, and maybe get them, I don't know, like, look at America, they've got guns and stuff, That maybe that's an option for here, just for the police, I don't know. But something needs to be done. We need to get respect back for the guards and respect for the people. You know, there's no respect there anymore. Mm. Do you know, you probably remember um, around the time during COVID, do you remember when there was various different uh, days, um, when there were large crowds congregating? I can't remember exactly at what point it was, but... There was one or two days, Nicola, when we had, um, you know, a fairly large presence from the guard, the public order unit. And do you remember a lot of people yeah. were very annoyed about this and worked up? They didn't want, didn't didn't want the idea of, you know, the sort of the the public order unit as opposed to the um, even you know the the unarmed guards, the the large presence out in the street and the imagery of this and, yeah. you know, it's sort of like, and I have to be honest, I mean. If I saw the public order unit walking up and down O'Connell Street, I, I would actually bring, uh, I think I'd feel safe if I saw that. You know, I, I wouldn't be complaining about it. Um, and I don't yeah, know if, yeah. if things have changed. I don't know if that's the point at where where we're at. I don't want to be overly dramatic about it. But like, I mean, there's nobody getting in touch here talking about feeling safe. 
That's it. I mean, I, like, I certainly don't feel safe and I would gladly pay for guards to get retrained and to get, you know, and obviously I want the, the police to be safe too. Um, you know, so just to, to put maybe brand new uniforms, safer uniforms, like bulletproof vests, um, get retrained on how to deal with somebody who's going to attack you, like with knives and things. But what's the alternative? You know what I mean? What, what, what else? What can we do? This needs to be stopped, like, now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just completely out of control. And I know it might look scary with, you know, armed police walking down the road, like, on a common street. But to be honest, I'd feel so much safer if I did see that. Um, because there's just hooligans everywhere at the moment. And it, it needs to stop. It does. What about you, um, Rupesh? What's your view on this? Do you think our nighttime economy is now at risk? Are you there, Rupesh? You can hear me okay. Is he, have we got Rupesh on the line? Just bear with us for a moment there. There's a text in here. It says we have a large tourist industry in County Kerry. And when people tell us they're heading to Dublin, we tell them to avoid it for their own safety. Um, another listener on Dublin violence. We, we have a completely underutilised defence forces in the army. Yeah, surely a regiment could be created within the army, modelled on the likes of uh, what they have in France and Italy, um, the Guard of Seville in Spain, designed to support the Guardi in defined areas, notably public order, says this texter. This listener, I live in Longford. It used to be a great town. I absolutely do not feel safe here uh, anymore. We need far more uh, Guardi and a greater Guard of Presence. I'd give my name, only I know I'd be intimidated, says this texter. 087-1400-106 is the number. Uh, Rupesh is with us. What's your view on this? See, I've been listening to this conversation for past one week and I'm, I've been living in Ireland for past 14 years. I've lived in uh, Kilkenny, Limerick, Waterford, now in Dublin for past 10 years. The law and order situation, city centre, it, it's gone beyond the limits, you know. It, it's not the guardies are not there. You need more guards, definitely. But we need to look at our laws. If you look at the people who are getting involved in such crimes, it's all teenagers. You know, there has to be stringent laws. People are very fast to blame the guards. Mm. They are doing the job, you know. You have to give them more powers. There are lots of incidents which is not reported, particularly from the Asian community. You know, they don't come out. I am involved in a lot of Asian communities here. Okay. And there are many instances where students, they have left the country, you know, because their parents said, you, it's more important that you are safe. Come back. They have gone and left the country. And it's got worse, Rupesh, it has in recent times. It, it is going worse, worse and worse. If our politicians, if they don't look at this situation as a serious matter. Mm. You know, I, I even I had my personal experience so many times. What happened? Uh, uh, I think it's roughly six months back, five or six months back. Myself, my wife and my daughter, we went to a city centre. For my daughter said, do a little shopping. But I said, city centre is not safe. She said, oh, we'll come back by seven or six. I said, okay, fine. It was somewhere around 6.30 or 7.00. We were coming back from the Stevens Stream in the bus. There was a bunch of young lads sitting on top of the bus, the back seat, three of them. They were throwing bottles, empty bottles. At, not at us. When we entered, they started calling us Paki, Paki, Paki. We looked at them. My wife said, oh, don't bother. Just sit. We sat. And they started throwing bottles at another Eastern European girl. And... Through the surprise, none of them from the bus, they interfered. And my wife, she lost herself and she said, what are you doing? Why are you throwing the bottle? I didn't throw the bottle. 
So then, from where the bottle threw came. We called the bus driver. I said, stop the bus. He said, I can't stop the bus. I'm talking to guards. They will be at the next stop. And then when these guys, they realized that the guards would be there, they jumped out of the bus at the next stop and went happily. Like it's and, and do you, do you report in, like would you typically repesh would you would you report incidents that happen? I have reported in the past, yeah. but the result is oh we are trying to look at we we looked at this we looked at that are you happy with this? I said oh, I'm not happy because the culprit has to be punished and the law is not stringent enough. You know against particularly against I'm not against any age thing, but the teenagers they know they will get out mm. of this easily. That's the problem. Greater, yeah, punishments and deterrence. I know it, it always always comes back to that um, and more Gardaí in the street. But look, there's a lot of people with experiences today. Rupesh, thank you for getting in touch and, and sharing your experience with us. I'm sorry to hear what happened. Um, and also as well to uh, to our other callers that were with us a few moments ago too, um, Ronnie and, and Mick and, and Nicola and in particular to Ronnie who got in touch as well about his, his brother's incident. Just unbelievable. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.